Davidson. I'd like you to join me and the ministers of music from here, Water of Life Church in Plano, Texas, as we minister the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus, which is the power of God. Good morning. Let's open up with prayer. My heavenly Father, my heavenly Father, that the power of my Lord be great. Father, grant us grace. Grant us grace that you open our eyes that we can see, that you open our ears that we can hear, you open our hearts like you did for Lydia, that we can attend unto the things which are spoken. Father, turn us from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, here we go again. Got any guts? Do you got any guts? Do you have the courage, the fortitude, the guts to look at the Word of God and put everything else aside? Your denomination, the church you go to, the social things you do, the books that you read, the movies that you watch, are you willing? Do you have the courage? Do you have the guts to put them aside and only look at the Word of God? You know why? The Word of God lasts forever. The Word of God, it is written. The Word of God is from everlasting to everlasting. We are going to be long gone, and that Word's still going to be there. Jesus said himself, the Word of God cannot be broken. Cannot be broken. This is the Word we're going to look at. And we are going to start in Matthew 10. I'm going to begin in verse 24. All right, it says, The disciple is not above his master, nor the servant above his Lord. It is enough for the disciple that he be as his master and the servant as his Lord. And that next part's kind of fun. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more shall they call them of his household? Amen to that one, sister. All right, let's look at that again. The disciple is not above his master. You got that? Who is our master? Who is our Lord? Jesus of Nazareth. Now, the disciple, that's us, is not above his master and the servant as his Lord. If they have called, the disciple is not above his master, nor the servant above his Lord. It is enough for the disciple that he be as his master and the servant as his Lord. You know what that's telling us? Jesus is our example. Jesus is our example. Now that Jesus is our example, turn with me to Acts 10, verse 38. This is what Jesus did while he was here on the earth. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Look at that verse again. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Now, if Jesus is our master and our Lord and our example, guess what we have to do? Guess what we have to do? Jesus, it says, Thou God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with them. Go with me to Matthew 3. I'm going to begin in verse 13. This is Jesus. Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan, 
unto John, John the Baptist, to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me? And look what Jesus says to him. Look what Jesus says to John the Baptist. He said, Jesus answered and said, Suffer to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Suffer it to be so now. John, you got to do this. You got to do this for me. Why? He says it right here. For thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Do you realize that Jesus had to obey the Father? And he's telling John here, John, you got to do this for me. I got to do this. Thus it becometh to fulfill all righteousness. Now look, then John suffered him. Turn the page. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water. And lo, the heavens were opened unto him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lightning upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. What did Jesus have to do to be obedient? He had to get baptized in water and he had to get baptized in the Holy Ghost. Jesus had to do those two things to be obedient. Do you hear me? Jesus had to do those two things to be obedient. He had to be baptized in water and he had to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. He's our master. We have to be at least as our master. And you know what? If Jesus was baptized in water and Jesus is baptized in the Holy Ghost, what do you think that makes us? What do we have to do? The servant can be as his master and the servant can be as his Lord. We have to be baptized in water and we have to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. If we say that we, are, we can do the works of Jesus and do the things that he did without being baptized in water and without being baptized in the Holy Ghost, we're saying we're better than Jesus. We're saying we're better than Jesus. The man Jesus had to be baptized in water and he had to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. I am challenging some of you right now that you have never been challenged with. I am going to make you see some words on this page that you have never seen before. I'm going to challenge some of you to you are going to have to decide, do you want to play church or do you want to know God? Do you want to play church? Do you want to sit in that pew? Do you want to just be hunky-dory for the rest of your life? Do you want to play church or do you want to know God and the power of God? Do you wonder why you have never seen miracles in your church? Because you're playing church. Now I'm going to challenge you with these words that I'm going to read to you from the Word of God. They're not my words, folks. Some of you are going to have to make a decision do you want to stay in that church and play church or do you want to know God? Now, let's go back here. Let's go to Acts 1, verse 4. This is Jesus. He is raised from the dead. The man is immortal, but he's still a man. And he's talking. He's still on earth, walking around with the disciples. And it says, and being assembled together with them. Jesus is with them. He's with the apostles. He's with the disciples. And he's with some women. Oh, my God. He's with the women too. Commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem. Do you hear that? The man's raised from the dead. And what's he telling his disciples? He said, commanded them not that they should depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, 
Which saith he you have heard of me? Look, a promise from the Father. Jesus says, wait till you see the promise. Wait till you get the promise. Don't leave until you get the promise. Now, I want to say something here. I want you to think about this. These are the disciples that have been with Jesus for three and a half years. These are the disciples that with Jesus raised the dead, healed the sick, cleansed the lepers. These are the men that have been with Jesus that Jesus said in John, he said, you are clean through the words I've spoken to you. You're clean. He told the disciples, you're clean through the word I've spoken unto you. He said, you got my life. He said, I'm your shepherd. And you know what else now he says in Acts? He says, don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere until you get the promise of the Father. We got clean men, apostles. We got men that have been taught by Jesus himself three and a half years. And yet Jesus says, don't you go until you get the promise of the Father. Don't you go until you get the promise of the Father. So why are we going without the promise of the Father? All right, look at the next verse. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. He told them to stay in Jerusalem until you get baptized in the Holy Ghost. Turn with me to the next page. Chapter 2, verse 16. They have been baptized. The Holy Ghost comes. He fills the room. The room, he fills the people. And when the people are filled, they open their mouth and they start speaking in tongues. They start speaking in tongues. Now, what does Peter say about this? Look at verse 16. Peter stands up with all the disciples. Everybody's hearing their own language in another tongue. And now Peter says this, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God. Whoa. Thank God. The last days. Now, when did the last days end? Is it still the last days? Would you consider these the last days? Have you turned on that TV lately? These are the last days, folks. Nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. Joel said, in the last days, we are in the last days. We are not past the last days. In fact, the last days are getting stronger and stronger and stronger as the days go on. So what does Joel say about these last days? He said, in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your old men shall see visions, and your, young, uh, your old men shall dream dreams, and on my servants, and on my handmaidens, us women, will I pour out of those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy, and I will show signs, in the, and show wonders in the heaven above, and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness, the moon into blood, before that great and notable day of the Lord come. The last days I will pour out of my spirit. The last days haven't ended. The spirit is still here. It's the same spirit that those disciples received, and it's the same spirit today. Nothing has changed. Now, turn with me to Acts 5 about receiving this Holy Ghost. Jesus had to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. He said it was obedience. He said, thus it must be to fulfill all righteousness. Jesus 
was a God. And he became a man. And like it says in Philippians 2, he left his godly authority in heaven and he became a man like us. Just like us, folks, he became totally human. No God left in him. So he comes down here to walk like we walk, to be our master and our Lord, to walk like a man walks. And that man had to be baptized in water. And that man had to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. Have you ever considered this? Jesus never did one miracle, not one. He was 30 years old, never did one miracle until he was baptized in the Holy Ghost. You know why? He couldn't. He couldn't. He was a man like you and I. He can't do miracles. He couldn't do miracles. How did he do the miracles? Through the Holy Ghost when he was baptized. Now, how come, how are we going to do the same? We're going to have to be baptized in that Holy Ghost. We are going to have to walk just like we did. If we say that we can do the works of Jesus but not be baptized in that Holy Ghost, we are saying that we are better than Jesus, and that cannot be. That cannot be. We have to walk like Jesus walked. We have to be as our master, and that's to be baptized. Now look at Acts chapter 5. I'm going to begin in verse 29. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. Look at this situation here. When Jesus was raised from the dead and he first appeared to the disciples, they were all hiding in a room because they were afraid of the Jews. All the disciples, the apostles, they were hiding behind closed doors, locked doors, because they were afraid of the Jews. Now, they get baptized in the Holy Ghost. They are in front of the Caiaphas, the, uh, the, the, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, all the scribes, all the rulers. And what does Peter say? He's not scared anymore. Why not? Because he's been baptized in the Holy Ghost. Now the man's baptized. Now he's got the gospel with him. Now he's got the spirit of God with him. Then Peter and the other apostles answered to these men that wanted to kill him. We had to obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus whom you slew and hanged on a tree. Peter saying this to Caiaphas, the same one that crucified Jesus. And Peter standing in front of him saying, you're the one that killed Jesus. Think that's bold? He said, the God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you slew and hanged on a tree. Him has God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior, for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are as witnesses of these things, and so also is the Holy Ghost, whom God has given to them that obey him. Amen. Do you hear that? Let me read that to you again, those of you that want to know God. Peter said in verse 32, and we are his witnesses of these things. And so is also the Holy Ghost, whom God has given to them that obey him. Obey who? Obey God. Now, what are you going to do? Are you going to play church or are you going to walk with God? Are you going to play church or are you going to walk with God? Well, God said to obey him, you're going to have to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. Jesus had to be, and you are no better than Jesus. You are far from being better than Jesus. 
And if the Father said, Jesus, you need to be baptized in the Holy Ghost, we do too. And it says it right here. He gives the Holy Ghost to those who obey him. Obey him. You want to obey God or you want to play church? All right, let's go to John 16. I'm going to begin in verse 5. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. He's getting ready to go to the cross. He says, but now I go my way to him that sent me. And none of you ask me, whither goest thou? But because I have said these things unto you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. This is Jesus speaking, folks. This is our Messiah, our Master, our Lord. He said, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you I go away. It is for your good. It is for your prosperous. It is for your benefit that I go away. It is expedient that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But when if I depart, I will send him unto you. Jesus is telling us he will send the comforter. He's telling the apostles and he's telling us, I'm going to, I have to go away. It is for your good that I go away because when I go away, I'm going to send the Holy Ghost to you. And look what this Holy Ghost does for us. He, um, the comforter will not come unto you, but if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he has come, when he comes, he will reprove, reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they believe not on me. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. I have yet many things to say to you, but I cannot, you cannot bear them now. How be it when he, the Spirit of truth, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of grace, they're all the same thing, the comforter. And by the way, it's a he, it's not an it. It says, how be it when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, he, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and show it unto you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore said I, he will take of mine and he'll show it unto you. You see what that Holy Ghost does for us? He leads us. He leads us into the truth. Just like he did the apostles. Just like he did the apostle Paul. Just like he did all those in Acts. He will lead us into the truth. He does not testify of himself. You don't pray to the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is not your God. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is your God. And Jesus is your Savior. And you know what the Holy Ghost does? He teaches you all about them. He teaches you about the Father. He teaches you about Jesus. And he only speaks of Jesus. He doesn't speak about anything else. Let's read that part again. He said, how be it when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and show it unto you. That's what the Holy Ghost does. That's what we need. Folks, you got to have the Holy Ghost to walk in the truth, to have him show you the truth, to have him lead you in the truth. The gifts of the Spirit are by the Holy Ghost. Now I want to make something, I want to bring something to your, to your thinking. Consider this. 
the Acts of the Apostles. The first thing, chapter 2, the Holy Spirit comes. Everybody's baptized in the Holy Ghost. You read that book of Acts. You read all through that book of Acts. They're all baptized in the Holy Ghost. There is not one person in the book of Acts that did anything for Jesus, with Jesus, walking in him without the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, that's the first thing that Peter or that Peter brought to them. That's the first thing that Paul did. They were born again, and then they were baptized in the Holy Ghost, and then they were baptized in water. If Jesus is our example, shouldn't we do the same? If our disciples, if the apostles are our examples, shouldn't we do the same thing? And some of you are saying, well, the Holy Ghost isn't for me. Then you're not obeying God. Then you're not taking of the gift that the Father in heaven sent you. You don't want to take the gift that the Father sent you. You don't want to walk in the power that the God of heaven sent you through Jesus. You don't want to walk in the power that came through the gospel. The power came through the gospel. But to walk in it, to be led in it, to work in it, you have got to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. And I know some of you, you have given so many excuses, it's pathetic. It's not for me. I want the God of my grandfather. Then you're not obeying God. You want to play church and you don't want to know God. And you know what the neat thing about being baptized in the Holy Ghost is? It's a gift. It's a gift. The Father is willing to give it to you. Turn to Luke 11 with me. I'm going to read from verse 13. Let's read from verse 11. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will, you give, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he give the fish, give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask for an egg, will his father offer him a scorpion? I'm so afraid to get the Holy Ghost, I might get something wrong. Okay, you're going to ask the God of heaven and he's going to give you something wrong? You don't believe in the power, the almighty power of Jesus and the Father. Verse 13, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more? How much more? Do you see this? How much more? more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him. If you, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Ghost to those that ask? What do you got to do? You got to ask. You gotta ask, and you know what? You will not be turned down. It says, if you ask, you will receive. If you knock, it'll be opened. And you, the, what is it? Ask, you shall be received. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened. You ask for that Holy Spirit, and you will receive it. And don't you be satisfied until you do. I was sitting, when I was in college, I was sitting at a table trying to obey God. At that time, I was studying Eastern civilization. Anyway, it was a beautiful day out, and I had to study. I looked up. I looked out the window. Beautiful day in Ohio. We didn't get many. 
And so I started praising God. I started thanking God. I started worshiping God. I started thanking God for being in my life. I started just worshiping, and my heart got happier and happier, and it lifted on my room. I could feel the room lifting, and I was just so excited. I was so happy. I was so full of God, and the next thing I knew, I opened my mouth, and I spoke in tongues. That is the Holy Ghost speaking out of a person's heart. That is my desire that all my children be baptized in the Holy Ghost to become, to walk in the gospel, to walk in the power given by Jesus. That is my desire that you come to me, that you ask, and when you ask me, you will receive of me the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Kathy D is my epistle written not with ink but with the Holy Spirit on the fleshly tables of her heart. What she ministers was written by the Holy Spirit through my heart to hers. That's what you call fruit. And you want to find that answer. It's in the second, it's in the second Corinthians chapter 3, I believe it is, uh, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the ministers of music from Water of Life Church. She would love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at kd at kdwol.com. Or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, Care of Water of Life Church, Post Office Box 861-327, Plano, Texas 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kdwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless.